glass of sports talk. Here's the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. Los amigos, it is our number three of the sports hangover. 800-998-1003 if you'd like to chime into the conversation. Saints making a trade with the Eagles. They send this, well, they give them their 18th pick of this year's first round to grab 16 and 19. They gotta give a couple other things though. They gave them the third round pick. They also are giving the first round pick next year and the second round pick in 2024. Saints also signing Taco Charleston, a former first round pick. Bounced around from a couple of teams, but also safety Justin Evan, um, Justin Evans, a former second rounder for Tampa Bay. Um, been on and off the injury list the last two years. But again, one of those low-risk, high-reward possible signings by the Saints to fill out their roster. Also, Tyron Matthew saw spotted and showing up over at Saints camp in the parking lot. Now I have scoured. I have looked. I have refreshed Twitter. No word on a signing just yet. No word on a signing just yet. But, I mean, if that happens today, uh, Saints Twitter will, will have themselves a very solid day. New Orleans.Footballs, Nick Underhill, reporting yesterday, per source, that Jamison Williams and Trey Burks worked out or visited the Saints last week. Uh, also, Blake Bortles asked and will receive per Adam Schefter a release from the New Orleans Saints. Makes sense after the Andy Dalton signing. Blake wants to be a backup. That's not going to happen. Ross Jackson joined us at 1230. We talked about Chris Olave, uh, perhaps maybe being one of those guys the Saints could be targeting at 16 to 19. Has a relationship with Michael Thomas already, a guy that he reaches out through his time at Ohio State for advice, what have you. Seem to be friendly, speak often, make sense to bring him home if that is the case here since it is Ohio State South. One of the things that I looked up and I was trying to um, play last time, as I mentioned, that I did find the baldy breakdown of Chris Olave and what he can maybe sort of be at the next level. It's a, it's a short one. 57 seconds, but this was Baldy. Back on March 9th, he posted this. And he tweets that Olave runs this route for the first of the 35 career touchdowns last year. But it's the details, the short area quickness, and the separation that results that makes you excited for his success in the NFL. And this game is against Clemson. This is what he had to say on it. I love this route by Chris Olave. When you watch it and you slow it down, there's so many parts to this thing. Like his ability right here to turn into the defender, all right, against Clemson. And then watch him put this left foot in the ground right here. Like look at that. This is how you break. Look what he just did to the defender. Defender looking back for the ball now. Now watch him turn around. That short area quickness. Like I know he busted a 4-3-8 or something like that, but that play. This route, when you watch it, that's an NFL route. Like that's, oh, this is just beautiful stuff. Look in, now watch, watch the defender. Watch him react. See ya. That's a big time route. Chris Olave is going to be fun to watch at the next level. Just like he was in Columbus for the last four years. And by- I love this route. And by the way, on that route, he got held. Back of the jersey or the nameplate, so it was still holding. He still got over there into the front pylon and got that. But anyway, I want to hear from you, Saints fans. 800-998-1003. What do you think about that move? Do you like it? Do you not? I do. I'm okay with it. Remember, there's been two, well, not even two. I, I don't know if many people have sort of felt like me. There's been a lot of Saints fans, a lot of media that cover the, the Saints, that are, where's the moves? Where's the action? I need veteran receivers. I need veteran linemen. I need, sign, 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 sign. I, I keep playing what Dennis Allen said. I, I keep playing what Dennis Allen said. Kind of like Sean Payton. Sometimes if you just listen, he's, he's telling you how he wants to build his team. I'll play it again on the 29th of March. No, not really. Not really. Because... You know, I think I think people on the outside world look at things and and say, "Wow, that was a that was a great 
that that was a great signing or that was and and if you really look over the course of free agency and you'd say um they signed a certain player for this high number and big contract and then you know a lot of times three years later you might look down the road and you'd say well this you know He's no longer with that team for one reason or another. Generally, it becomes some sort of salary cap casualty or whatever. Um, and so, um, I think there's there's times where that that can benefit you. Um, but I'd say, as an overall philosophy, um, I'd rather augment our team through free agency and really build our team through the draft. All right. So that is one aspect of the conversation we've been having here as well. There he is. He is saying you would rather build. Through the draft, well, the Saints now with this move that they traded with the Eagles, three picks in the top 50. Three picks in the top 50. Now, I know there's some people that I saw last night, even this morning, arguing, this means the Saints are going after a quarterback. You've heard me for two hours. I, I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, I'm giving you a chance if you'd like this hour. I'll ask Mike Triplett, who's joining us next segment, who? Who of those quarterbacks? Todd McShay's. Latest mock draft has Kenny Pickett, the most NFL-ready of them all, going six to the Panthers. I'll ask you about Kenny Pickett. You're taking Kenny Pickett over Jameis Winston? I'm not. Next year, per several people that cover the league and do this for a living, say that next year it is a very quarterback-friendly draft. One of the reasons why the Eagles did this is to have draft ammo next year if they need a quarterback. Very good point that Jack made. Well, the Saints don't have a first-round pick now. They traded next year's first-round pick in order to get the second first-round pick this year. Also, 2024's second-round pick is now gone per this trade as well. But you could try to find a way, make some moves if you need to get into the first round and get a quarterback next year. Again, that, that's saying that this doesn't work this year with this quarterback. I just, I don't confuse, I think, maybe possible need or desire or unknown with reach. And that's what I think you would be doing. Again, I, I don't know. Maybe Malik Willis turns out to be really good, but he's not ready right now. Maybe Kenny Pickett turns out to be a viable starting quarterback. I, I hear you. I'm just looking at the quarterbacks that are really good right now and what they did in college, and you saw that, and I'm just asking you, did you see that at Pitt? Or have you heard more of these guys' names recently because it is draft time as opposed to last season during college football? That's been my whole point with a lot of these guys. Like Howell from North Carolina, pass. I saw like three or four of his last games just to make sure because I started hearing his name. And I'm like, nope. I just, good luck. Nope. Like, I'm sure not taking him at 16. So I don't know. I, I like Matt Corral. But what do I like about him? I like his leadership. I like some mobility. He can throw, you know, down the field. And I just described Jameis. Lee, got you on hold, sir. EF, thank you for calling the show. What you got? Hey, Gus, what's happening? Doing well, man. How are you? Uh, I'm with you. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you. This move tells me that we are in win-now mode. We are not thinking about the future. It is win-now. Sign Jameis for three seasons. Why bring? Why are you going to package? Why are you going to package picks to jump up to get a quarterback that's going to have to sit? And then you got to worry about paying him in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're doing this, I think I think the ideal situation, because like I said, we got, what, four picks in the top 100. We got three in the top 50. You can get your offensive tackle with 16. You can get your wire, or either or, or your wire receiver. You can flip-flop, one at 16 and one at 19. I think you're going to get your, your tackle and your wire receiver in your first round. Second round, that, if, if, the, if the Iowa State running back or the Michigan State running back falls to you, Right there, you take him at 49, third-round pick, you get you a nice little playmaking tight end. I think the draft is set up right now. We're set up to take playmakers and players that can come in right now and help Jameis win. That's, that's the way I see it. Like, the defensive, um, picking up Taco Charlton, picking up Evans, 
on the defensive side, the defense is already stout. Um, I'm still holding out. I still think they're going to sign Quan, and the defense is going to be stout. The, that, that front, the defensive line is already stout. Yeah. We're in win-now mode. No, man, look, I, I love the taco signing. I love the taco signing. He's a former first rounder. If it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. I know he's bounced out from a couple teams. Hey, maybe this one works. You know, it is what it is. At some point, and look, here's the thing. I'm also not asking him to start. I'm asking him to come in for a couple of plays, right? Justin Evans, this guy was a second round safety from Tampa Bay. I know he's been injured the last two years. I get it. It's a one-year deal. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, maybe he can compete for a safety spot. So I, I, I'm okay with the I, – I like the we're interested in you, but at our price. They were interested in the receiver that's out of Kansas City, but at our price. They've been interested in some different situations. They were interested in Deshaun Watson. They weren't really to guarantee – Two thirty. I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, it's like so. I'm okay with what they're doing right now, where the team is. But let me play. You just said they're in win now mode. Give me uh, thirty nine seconds. Keyshawn Johnson from this morning. The Saints aren't looking at quarterback this year or next year. What they're doing is they're positioning themselves to make a run this year. The NFC is essentially for them with Jameis Winston, who was five and two before he got injured. They want to make a strong run. There's only one team within their division, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they basically, for all intents and purposes, own in the regular mm-hmm. season. Yep. So you start looking at that. Now you say to yourself, okay, we don't think much of, of Green Bay. We don't think much of Arizona. The Rams won. The Cowboys are in. And they start looking at it on the board, and they're saying to themselves, we can make a run at this thing, and we can do it right now. You do know who Keyshawn's uh, nephew is, right? <laughs> yep, that's Mikey's nephew. Yeah, Mikey yeah. I, I want. I wonder where he's hearing yeah, that. I wonder where he's hearing that. Yep, yep. And that's what I'm saying. I, mean, I, I heard that this morning. I was just on my way to work, and I was like, it, that make, that, "It makes all the sense." We definitely put ourselves in position to do just that. And let's say, for instance, let's say if our wide receiver targets are gone at 19, who's to say they won't take that 19 pick and ship it to Seattle for DK Metcalf? Dude, I daydream about what that would be. <laughs> I'm sad. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I daydream of what that uh, receiving core would be like with those. T- I mean, again, it would be a Netflix series. It would be the most unliked receiving yeah. core in the NFL. We would love it. <laughs> there would be flags everywhere. I'd love it. I'd love it. Thank you, man. I want to get to uh, Lee before the uh, top of the uh, before the next break, man. Appreciate the phone call. I appreciate it. Take it easy. There he goes. EF from Kenner. Lee, got about two and a half minutes here. Then got to get to Mike Triplett. What you got? Hey, Gus, man. Hey, I wanted to chime in on the 16th and 19th. I'm along the lines with you. I'm thinking offensive lineman, wide receiver. It wouldn't shock me. I'm going to tell you because even when, remember, we talked about the Saints trading all them picks to get to get Deshaun Watson. I'm like, do you want to really do it in this draft when you got so many in this draft, top heavy at wide receiver, and all them guys could help the team. I mean, you giving, you know, instead of, instead of you shunning Jameis, give him the weapons he needs to be successful. You know, he proved he can throw the ball. He proved he can read defenses. So if he got guys running open, he's going to hit somebody. Somebody's going to get the ball, <laughs> you know. So here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing. I'm taking the 16th and the 19th pick with the way these this wide receiver draft looking. And I'm drafting two wide receivers. I'm drafting. I'm drafting a big, rangy catch, uh, possession type dude, and I'm drafting a speedster. Well, you I'm getting two, two receivers at and sixteen and nineteen, huh? Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Just drafting so deep with them. Um, I'm not really worried about the offensive line mm-hmm. because I'm thinking that we can probably like draft a, a, a decent tackle in the second. Okay. Uh, to go with that, if we went wide receiver, wide receiver. It wouldn't shock me, wouldn't surprise me, and I'll be able to sleep at night if they did it. Because I'm like, oh, they just put everybody on notice. We throwing the ball. We are throwing the ball. Uh-huh. We're letting everybody know Pete Carmichael is going to throw the rock uh-huh. a lot. So, yeah. It wouldn't well, shock me if we go two hours. It's funny it you say that. We'll talk to Mike Triplett next segment about that, as there have been some people saying that um, – there was the belief the game that Jameis got injured. They were ready to open it up as uh, evidence that Trevor Simeon threw it as much as he did. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate the phone call, buddy. Yep. 
Mike Triplett covers the Saints for ESPN. His thoughts next on ESPN New Orleans. Can I make Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. Physical therapy for health issues or falling an injury can be very beneficial and help restore your physical function. One form of physical therapy that makes exercise and treatment less painful and as a result more successful, leading to an improved quality of life, is aquatic therapy. Aquatic therapy takes place in the water under the supervision of a trained therapy expert and uses water resistance instead of weights. People of all ages, including those with special needs and physical limitations, can benefit from aquatic therapy. It can even be used if someone does not know how to swim. Thibodeau Regional is proud to offer cutting-edge aquatic therapy equipment. The HydroWorks Therapy Pool is designed to be very versatile so that a wide variety of patients with certain health conditions can be treated, such as paralysis, stroke rehabilitation, arthritis therapy and relief, post-surgical rehab, and so much more. What makes the HydroWorks Therapy Pool effective is its innovative use of technology to promote healing. One key element is the underwater treadmill. Using an underwater treadmill monitored by video cameras promotes proper gait and encourages correct biomechanics while walking or running underwater. Another key component is the movable floor. For patients with mobility issues, the HydroWorks Therapy Pool has a movable floor that makes it easy for children, older adults, or anyone with orthopedic conditions to get in and out of the pool without using steps or ladders. Aquatic therapy and athletics go hand in hand. Let me show you how our HydroWorks Therapy Pool can help keep athletes safely in the game. Pool workouts following an athletic injury have been clinically proven to be an important part of the recovery process. Completing HydroWorks Therapy workouts after an athletic injury can have the following benefits. Increase mobility and strength, maintain fitness levels, decrease swelling, improve the balance and stability, and pain relief. Buoyancy allows for more range of motion and can increase joint flexibility. The warm water also helps improve circulation, relax muscles, and improve healing. If you have questions about aquatic therapy, please call the Outpatient Rehabilitation Center at 985-493-4782. Aquatic therapy and athletics go hand in hand. Pool workouts following an athletic injury have been clinically proven to be an important part of the recovery process. If you have questions about aquatic therapy, please call the Outpatient Rehabilitation Center at 985-493-4782. 985-493-4502 or www.tibido.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I'd like kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. (laughs) I'm going to return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I think this tells you that the Eagles are better positioned next year to go after a quarterback in a draft that will be much deeper if that's what they want. And it tells you that Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to be the guy this year. Be given the chance to lay claim to that Eagles quarterback job long term and The Saints have added flexibility. Maybe they want to go with a quarterback and another player in round one. Maybe they see two players they like, but they'll get two first-round draft picks. But the order of the first round has taken a major turn just moments ago. That's Adam Schefter yesterday on ESPN. Mike Triplett covers the Saints for ESPN. Mike, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, guys? I'm trying to make sure that uh, a couple of my friends and... uh... I've been following closely the Tyron Matthews situation are going to be okay since Nickel Nurkle just tweeted that uh, the Honey Badger met with Mickey, Dennis, and other staff, and he tweets that the visit mostly was a casual visit and everyone to get to know one another. Matthew toured the facility. All doors remain open. Just uh, even with this trade, how much Honey Badger tweets or mentions are you getting? Guys, look, 
sometimes I, I, I don't want to insult anyone in your listening audience. Sometimes I think LSU slash Saints fans can have unrealistic expectations about what a perfect marriage might be, what they hope for, but they're on point this time. I mean, mm. I, I cannot believe the Saints have not already paid, even if they have to pay a little extra, to bring Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew onto this team. They would fill the two biggest needs on the roster. They would liven up a fan base at a time when the team's in transition right now. The two easiest signings in the history of uh, Saints free agency, if you ask me. Uh, if they just signed one of those guys, uh, I think it, it would, you know, it, it would make the team look that much better because of how good they are and how good they fit, but also the enthusiasm they bring. Either one of those guys would be huge, I think, and and realistic. And and uh, you know, I, I get I, I get it. If uh, if the LSU fans don't see any of those guys or Odell Beckham Jr. end up in New Orleans, they're going to be really disappointed. Well, they already think the Saints hate LSU, and it will not help know, that notion for sure. Now, let me ask you this I along mean, those. Can't they take some of it out of the you know advertising or promotional budget? Say, yeah. Season ticket sales alone uh, will pay for it. It's a very good point, because, and that's why I'm bringing this up to you. How much of that do you think is on the other end here as well? Meaning, if I'm Jarvis Landry, I see what o- o- Odell did. Maybe I'm waiting to see what the right fit is. What's the the championship one? There's a quarterback coming back from injury. I don't know who Pete Carmichael is. I, maybe it's on that end with Jarvis and with Tyron. Is it, you know, is it is it money? Is it is it is it him that's keeping it? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, I mean, he's telling everybody and their grandma that he'd like to be a saint, essentially. So I, I don't know, but could it be? The other sides also are being well. Let, let me let me decide. Well, yes. look, we know we know where the Saints are at because um, there is no player that wanted to stay in New Orleans that is an All Pro caliber player that fills a need that the Saints love more than Teron Armstead, and 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 you know they let him walk out the door. They let Marcus Williams walk out the door. The Saints are being extremely value conscious right now. Um, they're, they're trying to toe that line between they think they can contend for a playoff spot right now, but they're not doing the we are all in every year that they were doing in, in Drew Brees' later years right now. And and I'm sure you're about to ask me about this. I think it's a perfect transition. That was my first thought when I saw the trade yesterday is, ah, this makes sense because I feel like the Saints are really only about two impact players away from from being considered a top five contender in the NFC. I think they they need a receiver, obviously, or a pass catcher. Right. Um, probably a safety, uh-huh. uh, as we say, Landry and Matthew. But uh, Matthew, uh, um, also, uh, you know, maybe an offensive tackle, although James Hurst could fit. But it's not like they have holes all over this roster. I think if they, they had a couple of impact players were saying, gosh, this team looks ready to go. Uh, but they're trying not to spend a lot of money for those impact players. So now they've got the 16th and 19th pick in the draft. So that very well could be, you know, obviously when you make a move that early, maybe they're thinking of how do we get up into the top 10. Uh, but it also might be we need about two more impact players. Let's get two top 20 picks, and, and they're cost-effective, and, and let's roll. That, that could very well be the reason behind that trade. That's how I looked at it. Mike Triplett covers the Saints with ESPN. I I looked at it and said, you know, for all the people that have wanted these veteran receivers and stuff, and I, you know what? I'm just like, do you want to pay twenty, thirty million for something like that, or you can get these guys for rookie contracts? And in this particular draft, and again, they're all different. I understand that. This particular draft, you've heard Todd or you know uh, Mel Kiper say. Mike, that this draft it's it's deep at at offensive lineman, and it's very deep at receiver. Though to me, well, especially that, at yeah. that range of the draft, I was I, I was talking to Todd McShay on the media call he did last week, and and this was my hypothesis, and he agreed that that's when they had the 18th pick, but they basically have the same range now, right. 16 and 19. That that's the sweet spot for receiver in this draft. You don't necessarily – there's not necessarily a Jamar Chase in this year's draft class where you want to have – be picking a receiver at number three or four. But if you're in the teens, there's a chance you're going to love three or four receivers that, that are still available at 16 now. Um, that's a great spot to be picking a receiver in this year's draft. 
And, yeah, offensive tackle. Now, if they do move up, if this was an idea that let's take these two picks and package them together, obviously you can't rule out quarterback because quarterback is going to be the top priority for this team until they you know, have their long-term solution. Sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at a top 10 pick at offensive tackle because most, most seem to agree there's three offensive tackles that are top 10 caliber this year. And it's possible the Saints, like, one or two or all three of them and say, you know, if we just get up there to, like, number eight or something like that, um, we're going to we're gonna have one of those tackles that we like. That That is another scenario I wouldn't rule out. Yeah, no doubt. And, again, when you take a look at them, for sure, I know Charles Cross has been a name that's kind of been brought up a lot. Like, you wonder if he's there perhaps at 19 and get that receiver at 16. There's so many different – scenarios and yeah. it's kind of like what kind of receiver do you want i might have already asked you this mike but um judging no, and there's that, that's that's the beauty of it is there's 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 two of each you know yeah. it's it's really interesting um and and i think they could use a little bit of anything i mean the only one i wonder about and i you know i don't want to say pigeonhole him drake london feels a little similar to michael thomas mm-hmm. um obviously one could line up at the x and one could line up in the slot um, they could do different things, and two big bodies, you know, great. That you know, they could make that work. Um, he's the one that that feels the most similar to what you know they already have in their star receiver. But everybody else, you could go for speed. You could go for guys who can win outside. You could mm-hmm. go for guys who can operate out of the slot. Uh, I love both Ohio State receivers for that reason. I think Jamison Williams would be a home run. Um, but but really, I mean, Trey Lombardi, you know, there, yeah. there, there's so many possibilities that we would instantly say, wow, I'm way more excited about the Saints offense because of blank, and you could fill in the blank with five or six different names. 100%, Mike, and I think and that's the thing that you almost look at as to what is that you're sort of looking for. Um, you know, I played Brian Baldinger's breakdown of, of Olave and his route running and the, the precision that he has and also the explosiveness in the short layer area, and I like his size, six one. Uh, do you go for explosive over the top? But I mean, again, if you, if you kind of get those two guys that can get open, you have, you know, Deontay Hardy that can, you know, for a yeah. play or something kind of do that. And, and then all of a sudden, as you've said before, Callaway and this guy can complement that receiving core, but it really is just what other kind of you want. I almost look at it as well, what's the I best receiver think, there. I do think a guy who would primarily line up in the slot might be the best case scenario because, right. you know, Michael Thomas at the X and I think both I really, frankly, I think Deontay Hardy, Marquez Callaway, and Traquan Smith all do their best work on the edges lined up outside, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, they, some of those guys are versatile. So, and, and lining up in the slot could mean one of two different things. It could mean a possession receiver like Lance Moore, really Steve, or it can mean a home run hitter who, who operates out of the slot. So, uh, that, that might be the best case scenario, but, uh, but frankly, if they signed Jarvis Landry to do that and then drafted a receiver, uh, that, that could work too. There's room. There's room for multiple. The amount of GMs that are going to be in the next couple yeah. of weeks, yeah. and now everybody gets it. I, look, I like the move. I think it makes sense to an extent. I know you can look at, well, you don't have a first round next year and all that. Look, this team was willing and openly ready to give up three first round picks for a quarterback. So. Um, some things never change. I mean, this team's going to be aggressive. I like it. Go out there and have some fun with it. And I just hope the Saints fans can, um, you know what? No, I'm with them. Sign Tyron Matthew already. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Well, for the look, time I, I do think they have to be prepared that it might not happen because I think it would have happened already. I agree. It was as much of a no brainer for them, but they might be waiting to see, you know, and, and the, the, once the guys haven't signed to this point, a lot of them might, might, Keep in communication and wait till after the draft because if you get you know teams that miss out in the mm-hmm. draft might be a little more willing to turn around and spend on what they missed out on. So sometimes if if a free agent has waited this long, it, it pays for them to wait that extra month. Yeah, never know with injuries and all those kind of other things that happen too as well once you get close to camp. So um, it's a guy that's a vet and kind of has an idea with it, man. So Mike, as always, appreciate the time, bud. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. 800-998-1003. Give me your thoughts. Pels can clinch with a win. It's that simple. Doesn't matter who wins, who loses. Pelicans win, and you control your own stuff. Yeah, sure, if the other two teams do lose, the Spurs and Lakers that play today can just win. Game's at 9 o'clock. They are eight-point favorites, 8.30 pregame right here in your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans will be back. (laughs) 
Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Attention past and present industrial plant workers in Louisiana. If you worked in a petrochemical plant, a refinery, or other industrial plant, your children may be entitled to compensation. Birth defects have been linked to toxic chemicals and solvents used in the petrochemical and other industrial plants located between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So if you were working in an industrial plant where toxic chemicals and solvents were present and your child was born with a brain or spinal cord disorder, skeletal, organ, or limb deformities, a heart condition, cerebral palsy, genetic damage, or other problems, they could be entitled to compensation. Call the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman at 1-833-99-TOXIC. If you are a current or former petrochemical or other plant worker and your child is suffering from birth defects, call 1-833-998-6942 today. Contact the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman to evaluate whether your child is entitled to compensation. Call 1-833-99-TOXIC now. Responsible attorney Philip C. Hoffman, New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is on the air. Bounce feed to Jonas. Up top, B.I. Straight away three. Good! Bucket! Bucket! Good! Ingram, hook pass, left corner, C.J. Catch and shoot three. Down for McCollum! Hi, this is Todd Graffinini. Join me as the Pelicans take on the Sacramento Kings. Tuesday at 9 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800 998 if you'd like to chime into the conversation. Stanley, thank you for calling the show, sir. How are you today? Good, Gus. How are you, man? Doing well, man. What you got? Um, man, okay, so I'm not, I'm not the crazy, uh, all in on Jameis person. I never mean to call other fans crazy. Sure. Because obviously you can see, you know, he has potential, which everybody knows he has potential. I think I think the Saints are gonna they could it could go any way, honestly, because I think it's just gonna depend on who falls for them and what they value more, whether it's offensive taco. I mean I, I think we can all agree on our receiver is gonna be one of these picks. I think we can all agree on that. Unless they move up and they want, you know, a, a high-ranking offensive tackle like um, what's his name said a little while ago. Uh, I just think that it's going to actually come down to offensive tackle and wide receiver because it's two right. positions on offense that I think they they really do need now. Need, right? I would I would like to see them get a quarterback. And before everybody starts calling me crazy and say the draft is not that strong, you know. I don't think anybody really knows before any draft if this quarterback's going to turn out to be a Pat Mc- Pat Mahomes or he's going to be a Carson Wentz or he could even be an EJ Manuel. I think it's just mm-hmm. a 50-50 chance on what you're going to get. Will he develop? Will he not develop, you know? But that can be said for all players, not just quarterbacks. I mean, look, we've drafted some duds, like duds, you know? So I think it all just depends, man, on the, on the player itself. His work ethic, you know, how much he picks up mentally and all that stuff. So, but I think I think overall the picks are going to be offensive tackle and wide receiver. I wouldn't rule out safety, but I, I think it all just depends who falls and who don't. That's what's going to decide where who goes where. Let me ask you this: If he had to choose a quarterback, if he had to, like you know, Mickey just picks up the phone and goes, Stanley. Of all the quarterbacks, who do you who do you think would fit best with our roster, our locker room, and our guy? Um, I would probably say either Pickett or Matt Cor- Corral or Corral, yeah. however you want to say his last name. Yep. Uh, I think I think Kenny Pickett would probably be the safer one, like everybody says, mm-hmm. and everybody sits there and makes this big deal about his hands, and he can fumble the ball more. <laughs> right. He's playing Pittsburgh or you know whatever you want to call it, so right. wherever it is. Right. It's cold weather. You know, it's the outside stadium. I think that if he's in the Saints offense. And you play it in a dome at least ten games a year because we got our eight games, and you got to play the Falcons. That's inside, right. so it might not be that big of a deal, you know. So I don't know. Again, like I said, I'd probably go with Kenny Pickett. Uh, Corral seems like a, a really good prospect, but what worries me about him is man, he seems like he's kind of fragile, you know, like he's a little small. 
small. You know, you got these big defensive linemen and right. linebackers coming at him, and he gets hurt. Then, obviously, Sean Payton used to always say it comes down to availability. If you can be on the field and play, right. we got you, and you can help us. If you're not well, let, let me ask you this. I'm with you. I, I, of all of them, I like Corral. And the main reasons I, I gave the mobility, look, I, you're, he's not going to be a thousand yard rusher here. Um, but the guy oh, ran a ton at Ole Miss, a ton. And that's why he got beat up and knocked up. The, the main reason I really like him too is I saw progression. I saw him grow. I saw him get better from when he first got there mentally and physically. He became a better quarterback. Right. He read defenses. He can throw the deep ball. Um, he has the intangibles such as leadership. Like you saw him, like he, he was, he was not that when he got there, you know? And, and of all people, like, you, you wouldn't think, like, Lane Kiffin's that guy that sort of helps mature you, but he did. And he became a better person and leader. You saw the tears in the Sugar Bowl, and, and you saw the respect his team had. So I like that. Um, physically, Pickett's 6'3", 217. Corral is 6'2", 212. I mean, they're, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and I know one has mo, now, now look, Pickett's did the, um, you know, um, yeah, he, he, (laughs) right. He did, he did the move where the fake slice had mobility there. But like I said, I, I, I I don't know. We look at uh, different things. One, One of, here's the Saints website. Has the quarterback prospects up? They have Pickett one, Corral two. Now I'm not saying that's how they look at it. I'm just saying it's interesting right. that on NewOrleansSaints.com you can click. Here is the top ten quarterback prospects. They have Corral two, and they what, have they have written what? under it. Uh, Corral's biggest strength seemed to be his mental approach to the game. He has shown the ability to pick apart defenses and make the right plays. He also possesses an elusive factor. An elusiveness factor that can allow him to escape pressure with ease. Sometimes, though, his biggest strengths can be his biggest negative. At times, he has held the ball too long, waiting for plays to develop or take unnecessary chances and try to hit the home run play. Not as strong as Pickett, Corral ran a 40-yard dash in 4.8 seconds, achieved a 2.990 vertical jump. ESPN has Corral listed as its third-best quarterback. As far as Pickett's, the Saints website has Kenny Pickett comes in as the highest rated quarterback prospect according to NFL.com's Bucky Brooks. Pickett is athletically gifted, shined during his tenure with Pitt, is listed as the second best quarterback on ESPN behind Malik Willis of Liberty, who the Saints on this website have three. Pickett's greatest asset seems to be his arm strength, but he struggles with throwing accurately in the tighter windows. He performed well at the combine, posting a 40 yard dash time of 4.73 and his vertical was 33. So, that's the two quarterbacks right there. So it's gonna, it would be out of, you know, pick it up for Albert. And you know, look, and I'm not really hating on Jameis. I just, I just feel like when you're talking about quarterbacks, okay, mm-hmm. and you bring up Tampa Bay, and I know Tampa Bay wasn't, you know, all that, but I feel like if a quarterback has that factor, that hit factor, if he has that, he doesn't go through those many coaches. You know, that team probably, does better than what it did. And that's so, not but let me ask you this, though. Do, do you think those coaches, A, were good, and B, you think Jameis is the reason that they didn't do that? I don't think Jameis is the whole... I didn't get to finish what I was saying. I, just, I was trying to say, I don't think it's 100% on Jameis, but I think probably 50% of it is because, okay, who is... I know Andy Reid. So what you're saying is, I, I understand. I understand what your argument is saying. What, what you're arguing, it, the argument is, if he was a better quarterback and had performed well, maybe those coaches don't get fired. Is that what you're kind of leaning at? Pretty much. And I know it goes. You have to have other pieces around him. And I know. Okay, Jameis had Mike Evans. He had Chris Godwin. Uh, the running game wasn't the best. You know, he did have to throw the ball a lot. But I think if he had that it factor. I don't think he would have went through as much coaches or stuff like that. Not saying he can't turn it around. He probably could. I guess he put him in the right situation. And we're about to find that out this year. The Saints, mm-hmm. the Saints have him for two years. And if he doesn't get hurt, we're going to very well find out what yeah. he can do. Out of his years he's been in the NFL, he's only had three full seasons in the NFL. Three full ones. The other ones either had injuries where he missed time mm-hmm. or he was benched here and there, back and forth. 
career record is 33-44 and 44 as a starter. So take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he hasn't proven to be that guy yet. And hopefully he can. And I'm not just hating on him for you know, what he's in the past. But honestly, wholeheartedly, I hope he goes out there and I hope he freaking throws for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and like 10 interceptions. And we can forget about all this BS I just said. <laughs> no. Move forward with him. Right, no. But the history mm-hmm. is not good for him. That's all I'm saying. It's history yep. that the path that he has made in the pros is not what, it's not up to what his talent is. You know, he can say he has all the talent in the world. And it's really, and it, and Stanley, it's also really how you look at things, right? So he comes in in 15, 4,000 yards, 4,042, 4,090 the following year, 3,500 the following year, 2,900 the following year. His last full year as a starter with Tampa Bay, 5,109 yards. His average was 8.2, 33 touchdowns that year. When he came in with Tampa, his first year, 22, then 28, then 19, 19, um, 33. His final year. Now the interceptions, 15, 18, 11, 14, and then that one year, 30. So it looked like it was an offense that was high risk, high reward sort of thing uh, in that. You know, and I guess that's how I look at it is that, you know, th- this is somebody that I can look at that statistically and go, okay, well, look, I know this guy in the NFL has thrown for this many yards, this many touchdowns. He can do this stuff. Can I, you know, can I refine him? Can I get him to see it differently? Was Is my system better uh, and more friendly? And I would just say, you know, along the lines, I I think you, you have a point to a point where, you know, some players can be, you know, quote, um, quote, what, coach killers, right? I mean, we've seen that before. So I, I can see how maybe you can make the case an argument for, hey, if he had won and he had played better, then maybe those coaches are still there. At the same time, you know, when I think of Dirk Cutter and some of those other guys that were head coaches, those are those, those are guys that literally the Buccaneers are are having fights on the sideline. I mean, they're you know they're finger pointing at one another like it, they had no discipline and no leadership over there. And when you brought in a guy at Arians that had at least somewhat, even though he's still a players' coach, they wound up winning. So I, I think coaching matters, and I think those guys at that time, and then you you add a new offensive coordinator every year, you're asking a lot. And I just kind of look at it as this is a guy that won a national championship, was the number one pick overall. So if I'm, if I'm going to choose a quarterback in this year's draft that everyone's telling me would not be being picked this high, it's just that they don't have any other quarterbacks. I just, you're really going to have to convince me that he's better than what I have in the building at the cheap. You know what I'm saying now? I get that. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> right. But if you go back and look up Jameis's, uh, how they say that, when you're going to come out of the draft, mm-hmm. you have all these people doing all these reports on him. No, I hear it. The scouting report, yeah. What's turnovers? You know, it's scouting report. When everything's going on, what's turnovers? So I just think, look, obviously, I think he deserves to get one more chance, you know. And the Saints are going to give him that. I, I got to get a year, I right? I got to see a year. Let me see a year. Yeah. Let, let me see a full year of you playing quarterback if he can do it. You know, if he can keep himself healthy and not get benched and stay on the field, do it for a full year, dude, I have no problem. Like, hey, let's get this done this offseason. Well, you know, yep. after the season, get your long-term extension, and you'll be our quarterback for the future. And you won't ever hear Stanley say anything else about James. <laughs> yeah. I'll call on you, yeah. and I'll be like, I'll, I'll say this, Stanley. I, I will say I this. I, the, the way the guy speaks, um, I think he he he, he genuinely likes it here. Um, I I I think the way that he won over teammates two years ago when he first got here, and, and you always would hear players just start to laugh when you brought up his name. There, there's something about it, like you mentioned that it factor. I I'm I, I'm legitimately I'm rooting for the guy. He maybe has matured from the crab legs and the accusation days to. He speaks about being married, being a dad, wanting to be my my family, and and embracing the city. And dude, all last year you saw videos of him walking along the neighborhood, taking pictures and throwing football with kids. You know, I mean, like I hope it works out for him. I really do. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Appreciate the phone call, Stanley. Yep. Quick break. We come back. Final segment on ESPN New Orleans.
Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers can show you more diamonds in one place at one time than has ever been seen in Louisiana. We have big diamonds and we're knee-deep in engagement rings. Let that twinkle in her eye become the twinkle on her finger. Or a twinkle that lies softly on her chest, rising and falling with every breath she takes. She's talking about a diamond pendant holding a big anniversary diamond. Give her a diamond that shatters the air with knives of bright light. Knives of bright light? That's good. Did you just make that up? Yeah, I just made that up, but you've seen it, right? Of course I have. I've just never heard it described like that. Buy her a big anniversary diamond. A big anniversary diamond is a diamond at least twice as big as the one in her engagement ring. Because you love her twice as much as the day you married her. Big is good. Always good. When you wear a diamond from Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers, you glitter when you walk. Did you just make that up? No, I read it in a poem. You read poems? Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End and Metairie. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 3 and 2 stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, and Reserve. A new name. A new era. TGMC is now Terrebonne General Health System. This change reflects our transition to more of an all-around healthcare partner rather than just a healthcare provider. With new facilities, new innovations, and new ways to help you, we've done more than change our name. We've changed our future. To see what's new at Terrebonne General Health System, visit TGHealthSystem.com. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Pulled this back up from a couple days ago. This is Jameis Winston. Back right after he signed with the Saints and his availability. Mike Triplett asking him about, you know, what what can he do compared to some of these other guys that are out uh, there? A year while he was here. Uh, and, and I can do... I, Mike, listen, I can do everything on the field. I, I can do everything your favorite quarterback can do. Uh, hopefully <laughs> I'm your favorite quarterback, but, but I can. Like, that's just, uh, what my talent speaks for that. But, uh, I'm excited to focus and work, uh, on that even more with this being the second year that I'm a- actually able to, to work this offense. Uh, because if you watch film of my other teams, like we're throwing the ball down the field, seven step drops from under the center. Uh, we don't do a lot of that here. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to, again, get to continuity to work that part of my game and actually have an entire offseason where I'm getting the reps with my starring guys, right, where I'm in training camp, where I don't have to be taking reps with guys that, you know, I'm, I, I'm probably not going to even see uh, the second week of the year or even that next week. So uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited to continue to grow uh, as a quarterback. Uh, to grow as a leader uh, and to grow in this offense and, and get things rolling. So that was Jameis just a couple weeks ago after he re-signed with the Saints. And and when he says, like, throwing the guys that aren't going to be here, like, when I mean, you're getting the second or third string reps at training camp and stuff for the most part, that's who you're working with. And again, remember with Dennis Allen being a a new coach, they they get some advantages. They have a voluntary mini camp date that they can take advantage of, April twenty fifth through twenty seventh. They also can start training camp a week early. And all those dates came out over the weekend. As Monday was the first day that the facilities open, people can come in, rehab, workout. It's conditioning. It's phase one, the all season program. As I mentioned, the twenty fifth and twenty seventh, they they can have a voluntary mini camp. <clears throat> Then the OTA weeks, May 24th through the 26th, the 31st through June 2nd, and then the 7th through the 10th. Uh, available OTAs, the mandatory minicamp. Well, we'll all be out there. Fans likely, as always, will be invited. We can go out there and sweat and check them out June 14th through the 16th. And as Johnny just brought up on Twitter, he's absolutely right. Remember, Jameis had that LASIK surgery uh, after he left Tampa Bay couple of national folks on the take with the Saints trade and what it means to who. We play what Adam Schefter thought it meant. Here's Mina Kimes. These sorts of moves 
tell us a lot about how these teams perceive not only their current rosters, but also their timelines. Philadelphia came into this draft with three first-rounders, and in pushing one into the future, they're picking up additional mid-round picks, which I think is very valuable and unsurprising from a team that you know thinks in a pretty progressive manner when it comes to the draft. As far as the Saints, Dan's absolutely right. This is a team that thinks they can compete now. Um, it's a team that has two glaring needs on their roster, which happen to be the same needs as the Chargers, and saw an opportunity to meet those right now and compete in the present tense. And as for, again, the bite that I thought was maybe a little telling, and again, I, I don't know if this is from Michael Thomas or not, but Uncle Keyshawn this morning. The Saints aren't looking at quarterback this year or next year. What they're doing is they're positioning themselves to make a run this year. The NFC is essentially for them, with Jameis Winston, who was 5-2 and two, before he got injured, they want to make a strong run. There's only one team within their division, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they basically – for all intents and purposes, own in a regular mm-hmm. season. Yep. So you start looking at that. Now you say to yourself, okay, we don't think much of, of Green Bay. We don't think much of Arizona. The Rams won. The Cowboys are in. And they start looking at it on the board, and they're saying to themselves, we can make a run at this thing, and we can do it right now. So again, I, I don't know if that's maybe after having a conversation. Remember, Dennis Allen did fly out to Malibu. Hang out with Michael Thomas and chat with him. Uncle Earl, you got literally about a minute and a half. What you got? Hey, hey, Goose, uh, what, what's that app again with the, with the Pelicans? Because I want to watch the game tonight. <laughs> you I wrote, ready? I wrote it. Yeah. You want to watch the game. Okay, so Bally's. Spell that out for me. The Bally's, it's uh, B-A-L-L-Y, Bally Sports. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't hear. Yep. Hey, hey, Goose, uh, uh, nothing came on my phone yet with Tyler Matthew what's, what's going on it's been, it's been six hours already yep. uh, so they, they, they met for about they met for about three hours Nick Underhill from New Orleans dot football uh, tweeted now 41 minutes ago Tyron Matthew met with Mickey Loomis Dennis Allen and other staff the visit was mostly just a casual and for everyone to get to know one another Matthew toured the facility or all doors remain open I don't want to hear that. It should have needed to sign him right now. Ghost need to bring him back inside and sign the man right now. Let's Mike, do it. Mike Triplett very rarely says that, they, that certain players and teams should sign one another. I mean, he said the same thing. I, 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 the only thing I can think of is that it's maybe on both sides to an extent. Maybe Tyron Matthews says, well, look, I'm interested, but, you know, let me see about other things. Maybe he wants to go take some other visits. Or, look, I understand what you're saying to where, hey, you know what? If you'd have shown them probably a certain amount of money or a couple of zeros or the right or the right amount, maybe he doesn't leave that facility, right? Now maybe it was a casual one because he showed up. Maybe he's like, hey, "Look, I'm in town. You know, would you guys like to meet?" And the same sort of sure. I mean, maybe this could be a situation where this could be a situation where he goes and meets, and then he calls his agent, and says, "Look, you know what? I really liked it there. I went and toured. I met with everybody. This is the place for me." You know? Hey, Goose, real quick for the draft coming up. I hope it ain't. You remember because. Uh, I think it was last year, you know, you get all excited and the Saints pick, the pick comes up and you're like, who the hell is this? Yeah, but I think like, Peyton going to be pretty good. I, I think so, Lo. I'm excited. Hey, Goose, you're the, you're the best, baby. Have a good one. Thank you, Uncle Earl, and that'll do it. Matt Muscona, after further reviews next. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Jordan. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs>